Hello from the team here at the Tech Podcast by Huawei UK. If you're new to the channel, a big warm welcome to you. And if you're one of our regular listeners, a big thank you for joining us again as we continue to explore the ever-evolving, ever-changing, fast-paced, exciting world of tech and innovation. From the innovators of food tech to expert technology journalists from Forbes and Mobile News, we are fortunate enough to meet so many experts from all walks of life. So, in this episode, we wanted to showcase some of our behind-the-scenes conversations from Mobile World Congress earlier this year that we haven't yet released. Over to our guest host from Fast Future, it's Rohit Tower, who finds out what's on the horizon. So I'm delighted that we've got Adi Gaskell here, who's a journalist specialising in new and emerging technologies and how they apply to the future of work. Adi, um, thank you for taking some time to talk to us. What for you are two or three of the biggest things coming through that could impact the future of work? I think over the pandemic period, it's been really interesting that we've been debating hybrid working, working from anywhere, and the impact this might have on cities and and whether people are all going to live in the countryside or in smaller towns and leave the hubbub of the city to live somewhere a bit quieter, a bit greener, a little bit more sustainable, um, because the technology is enabling them to do that. Um, I think the most interesting thing from this event for me is the um, exploration of how technology can make our cities greener, more sustainable, um, less um, unequal, so that opportunity is available for, for everyone wherever they are in the city. Um, I think that's been a really interesting thread that has underpinned the entire event from, from my perspective. Um, Excellent. Um, and one of the things I know you're, you're interested in is how might artificial intelligence evolve and will it fulfill its promise? So we've seen a lot of vendors here now a year on or two years on from when they wouldn't talk about AI at all. Now pretty much every vendor is playing up the way it's using AI, predominantly machine learning, but Mm. what are the AI type applications or AI enabled applications that you've seen that you think are really innovative or are moving the agenda forward? Um, I've been looking quite heavily at cybersecurity and how we can protect ourselves online because that's been another major trend of the the pandemic period. Because we've been doing so much online and there has been such a heightened level of stress, I think cyber attacks have just rocketed. And so it's been really interesting to see the use of AI for making the, uh, the digital platforms that we're using safer and more secure without necessarily requiring people to do a great deal themselves to, uh, to actually enable that. Um, so I think uh, looking at things like scam attacks and protecting us from phishing attacks and that kind of thing have been really interesting to both identify and then protect us from uh, cyber attacks. That's been, been quite an interesting trend, I think. Excellent, thank you. And one of the things you mentioned earlier was around inclusivity mm. and access. Yeah. And what we know is that around the world, on the one hand, 5G is now starting to roll out, 200 plus operators, 750 mm. million users. But at the same time, we know we've got 2 billion unserved or underserved citizens on the planet. And, and there's a concern, I guess, that with the rate of change of technology and the rate of adoption of some of these things, could we leave some nations behind? And what are you seeing that you think offers some positive sign of hope around these technologies and them being used to enable the advancement of, of some developing nations? Yeah, I mean, that's the challenge, isn't it? I, I think a lot of technologies over the past probably 50 years have uh, 
succumb to the, the Peter principle in that those that are able to take advantage do and those that aren't get further and further behind. Um, and I think we've seen that with a number of technologies. 5G, it, potentially it could reverse that because it, it does provide that digital connectivity to, to rural areas, to previously disadvantaged um, communities, and, and it could help connect people to the ecosystem rather than uh, keep, them, keep them outside of it. Um, so I think potentially it could be an equalizing force rather than a, a dividing one, which I think is really positive. Thank you. And, and just to close, is there one last overriding thought that comes from this show that you're taking away about the possibilities that are emerging from all of this investment in technology that we're seeing? Yeah, I think there's just a, a really strong desire from across the community to make society better. Um, and it's not just a move fast and break things attitude anymore. It's, it's actually trying to make society better for everyone. And I think that's, that's hopefully going to be a positive thing. Oh, well, thank you. That's a very positive note to end on. And hopefully we see all these technologies really starting to move the na- needle on all of the sustainable development goals. Fingers crossed. Thank you so much, Addy. Uh, no problem. Delighted to have with me Paul Lipscomb, the news editor for Mobile News. Paul, thank you for spending some time with us. So from your perspective, what have been some of the most striking or interesting things that have stood out for the show for you? Well, yeah, thank you for having me. And first of all, it's, uh, it's, it's different to be interviewed rather than being the interviewee, uh, the interviewer. Sorry. Uh, for me, the standout features have been, I'd say, 5G and sustainability. Uh, sustainability, f- for, for me, has been a bigger thing. Um, and I think we've seen it a lot with a lot of different vendors. Huawei, in particular, have made a big thing about trying to reduce their carbon emissions and carbon neutrality so it'd be interesting to see you know where the industry goes with this and i think collectively the whole of the industry recognizes that they need to come together to play a huge part in tackling carbon emissions because they all acknowledge that they have a key role in that and the di- digitalization of the world and the amount of data people are going to need to use and consume in the future it means that now more than ever we need to be more aware and conscious of yeah how we're going to take care of the environment better. There's also a couple of companies I met that deal with refurbished devices and circular economy there is booming. I think there's more growth in that than there is in the actual smartphone industry itself. So it'll be interesting to see how that will evolve as well. And I know it'll be in a big, big interest of Apple to, to look at that industry as well. And you mentioned 5G and pretty much we can't see a single stand that doesn't have some reference to 5G. Within that broad umbrella, are there some particular things going on there that struck you as being important to the next stage of rollout and adoption? Yeah, I mean, 5G is one of those things. I, I, came, I was lucky enough to be at MWC in 2019, and 5G, was a, that was what the buzzword was back then. It hadn't really hit the market. I think it was coming to, coming to the world a bit later. Um, and you know, we've seen really what you can do with 5G here. And it's, it's quicker, obviously low latency. And you're seeing the innovations from a number of companies, all the IoT products you can make with 5G as well. Um, and it, it'll be interesting to see how that develops. I think they predicted, the GSMA predicted there's going to be 1 billion 5G connections by the end of this year. So, yeah, I think 5 billion by 2025, it's, it's going to be, it's, that's where the growth is really. So it'd be interesting to see that. And, yeah, it was interesting to see Huawei's developments around 5G as well. And 
you know they're they're not happy with what they've got they want to keep going and keep pushing in so yeah i think there's a lot of evolution and more to come with that as well and obviously we're we're back at a in-person show we spent the last two years connecting with the world via video conferencing but we can achieve a lot but what's different for you from being around people and able to see the, the whites of their eyes or the colors of their eyes and, and shake their hands or bump elbows with them what's different for you in that experience oh it's it's perfect you can't beat face-to-face contact with people you can't beat meeting people handshakes fist bumps you can't meet actually collaborating and and talking and catching up and it's great just walking through this this massive this massive place and bumping into people you've not seen for years and you know running from one meeting to another catching up with familiar faces and just you know I think everyone's excited to be back. There's a real buzz about it. It's also great to be on press trips as well. It's great to be with other journalists um, and you know, learning from them as well. We all write about different things, but we're all talking about the same industry. So it's yeah, it's, it's brilliant to to rub shoulders of the industry heavyweights again, and yeah, just to be at an event. You can't put you can't put money on that. Really, it's fantastic. And the virtual meals and virtual after work drinks are also a slightly different yeah, experience of doing it in person. Yeah, I'm, I was Zoom fatigue is real. I've yeah, I, I don't want to do any more Zoom calls if I don't need to. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely love being here. Going home tonight. I'm I'm pretty tired. I need my bed. I've quite literally broken my Fitbit. I don't know how the strap has fallen off, but it has. So <laughs> yeah, I need to rest my legs. But it's been an absolute pleasure to be back and yeah, to meet some really cool people as well along the way. Yeah, the trade shows are definitely a way of getting our 10,000 steps in, aren't they? For sure. <laughs> uh, well, Paul, thank you so much for sharing your ideas and being so open with us about the experience for you. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Cheers. So, from tech trends to smart food, how can tech positively make a difference to how food is being produced? Rohit, back to you. Right now, we know that one of the challenges in terms of managing our environment is to make sure we're using our resources effectively and doing really high quality and efficient plant care. So Mark Kapia is with me. He's the CEO and founder of a company called Flua, and they've created a fascinating device which is using a range of technologies to ensure very efficient management of plants in our environments for individuals, for gardeners and for farmers. So Mark, please do tell us a little bit more about this business and what the technology does and how it's used. So, uh, hello, uh, thank you for coming to our stand. And so, Fliwer is an artificial intelligent plant. It's based in different uh, cutting edge technologies like artificial intelligence, blockchain, IoT, sensors, and uh, the problem that solves flower is uh, the, the the care of the plants intuitively. No, that the all uh, nowadays the people doesn't know which are the needs of the plant. No, uh, doesn't matter if it's a home user or a, a gardener or a, a farmer. No, all have uh, the the same problem. No, uh, the ha, uh, trying to know which are the needs of the plant in order to bring to the plants what they need, when they need, and with the just amount of uh, water or fertilized light uh, or different other resources. Excellent. And you mentioned blockchain technology and artificial intelligence. Can you just say a little bit more about how those are being used in this application? 
Yeah, uh, of course. Uh, the artificial intelligence is very important and the, the differentiation of our product for the other systems that are data loggers that take uh, some data from sensors. Uh, we think that um, it's not a good solution because the people needs uh, not the, the data, needs the decision, also the actuation. So need some intelligent system that are, could be autonomous. No? And the only technology that allows that is the artificial intelligence. Then the blockchain is very important also because all the data that uh, Fluor is able to, to, to catch and all the tasks and all the decisions that can do has to be in a, in a blockchain in order to maintain the trust to the, to the user, no? Because if the data is in a database or in a server, everybody or every, every people can, could be, can modify, no? Or can, can do in some modification and, and then you cannot trust in, the, in, this, in this information, no? For that reason, blockchain is very, is very important. For instance, in the, in the gardening uh, field, it's very important for the, the people that cultivate organic products in order to know that it's really organic. There is a lot of, a lot of use case for this uh, very, very awesome technology that is blockchain. Thank you. And, and what we see from the device on the stand is it's a very elegant device. Yeah. And do you leave it implanted in the soil or do you put it in at certain times when you want to test the soil and the, and the conditions around the plants? No, the, the idea of, of Fleur is, is an artificial plant, an artificial intelligent plant, and it's created like a natural plant. You install like a normal plant and uh, then uh, will be integrated in the nature, will be integrated in the, in the garden or near the crop, like other other natural plan no uh, this is the idea of fluor it's not a system that you can you have to calibrate it's not a system that you have to to take uh, for charging because also uh, it's charged with uh, the energy of the sun on or also with the uh, energy of the water of the of the irrigation system we will take advantage of the of the water energy for the irrigation system to charge our lithium batteries so at the end, Fleur is a sustainable product and uh, autonomous and self-efficient uh, one in terms of energy. Such a fascinating use of technologies to create a truly sustainable solution. So with all of this technology, with the way in which you're using it, what are the main benefits for the users coming out of this? The main benefit is, is uh, to have all the information about the status of the plan. This is the first one. Uh, the other benefit is to, to, to be quiet, that uh, your plants are well maintained with this technology. And the other part is that you, ha you, are, you have the best tasks, best decisions for your plants. Because imagine if you want to control very big crop or, grand or garden uh, with sensors or with technology, you need a lot of people to understand what happens, control the devices, charge the batteries, and doing many, many things. So the important thing for, the, for a new technology is solve problems, but not create a new ones. Right. No? And sometimes the data loggers and this kind of technologies are not good, and the farmers that are people that are not used to, to, to have this kind of technologies, not want technology, want solutions. And the best benefit for Fleur is that a, a solution. It's not only a technology. Excellent. I really like that idea that through the provision of high quality, continuously updated information, we can rest assured 
that we're doing the right things to manage the plants in our environment and get the best yields from them and the best lifetime solution in a very, very sustainable manner. So Mark, we mentioned that it's a beautiful device, but obviously people are just listening to this on a podcast. Can you just describe the shape of it so the listener can get a better feel of what it looks like and how big it is? Yeah, of course. Uh, so the, the shape of Fleaware, first of all, uh, has to be designed in order that uh, the main, the main uh, goal is the, the performance. So it has to, has to work well. It's difficult because Fleaware is, is in an environment that is not so easy to work because you, you have water, you have the rain, you have very, very uh, uh, difficult conditions. Uh, for that reason, the, the industrial design is very important for us. But also you know that uh, all the people is attracted or needs some sexy products, no? some uh, beautiful ones. No? And for that reason, and for our engineers it's very, and designers, it's very important the, the aspect, no? the aesthetical of Fleaware. Fleaware is like a plant, you, you can see. The, and, the, and in this shape has different, different sensors integrated. In the front part, where is the logo? We have a luxometer, a light uh, sensor, in order to uh, measure the intensity of, uh, of the light and also the photo period of the plant. In the back part, uh, we have a temperature sensor and humidity sensor, okay? And then in the underground part, we have a soil moisture sensor and electroconductivity sensor to understand which is the level of the fertilizer and the salinity of the soil. And Mark, Tell us a little bit about your background and how you came up with this idea, why you created it. Well, my background is uh, computer science and then we have uh, some master degrees, one in robotics and artificial intelligence, another one in software engineering. And uh, right now we are doing my, the, my PhD in blockchain technology. In the personal way, we, we are uh, from Spain. Many of my family uh, members are some fa farmers and cultivators. I try to, to solve some problems that they have it with my uh, knowledge and my experience in my field that is the technological part. No? And I think that we, uh, we are uh, getting the, the targets. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time, Mark. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Now what we see from this company called Avalanche is this machine called Picchio that allows us to combine the best of a vending machine with what you might get from the local corner shop. So I'm here with Agustin Severino from Avalanche to tell us a little bit more about the device. What we are doing is bringing the domestic concept of the fridge into the vending world. No? So you know that at home, when you want a product, you open the door, you take a product, one or many. If you don't want it, you just put it back. And at the end, you get the products that you want, you close the door. So that's what we are doing here. So our technology allows to detect the products that are extracted by the consumer and charge it uh, into the consumer account accordingly. So tell me, what are the benefits to the consumer of having this rather than a traditional vending machine? Um, in the consumers, we experience that they, uh, people more and more want, are demanding uh, healthy products. No? And the traditional vending, unfortunately, because of the limitations of the machine configuration, doesn't allow to put certain food inside. So the consumers with this system 
because it's an open system like the fridges at home, as I said, you can incorporate, you can add products like a super healthy, like could be a soup or a vegetable or a, um, fruit or whatsoever, something that doesn't require really a configuration in the machine. So the system is clever enough to get the, the product that the consumer extracted and therefore the catalog of product is very, very wide. Great. And so we're combining a number of technologies here, the Internet of Things, the cloud, smart analytics. And what's the benefit for the company that's buying and installing this machine? And I'm assuming it's in workplaces, in public spaces. What's the attraction of that? Well, for the operator of the machine, the, the, the company that, that replenishes, the, the, that fills in the machine, uh, the obvious, the, the, the main advantage is that they have a very clear understanding of what's the information, the stock positions in the in the point of sale and they know at the real time all the sales that has happened in this in this point of sale they know everything about the, the point of sale they know the can the consumer habits what the, the consumer has bought more what, what it's more uh, demanded uh, based on the position where they put in the in the fridge the products etc so and they can obviously manage very well also the replenishments as i said because they know exactly how many products they need in every single product uh, point of sale now one of the advantages in a supermarket or a local corner store is if my product is coming to the end of its life, I can reduce the price by 25% or 50%. As an operator, how does it work for me? That's a very good question. So, uh, exactly. So, one of the advantages is that uh, the operator can offer promotions, not only because the products are about to expire, which also a good, uh, a good opportunity for that, but also because the, the operator might want to offer like uh, promotions like a combo. No? So if, you, if the consumer buys this product together with this other, we'll give a special price. Or if the consumer buys between one and three, there will be a happy hour and we will offer this, this other promotional price. Or if it's, I don't know, Black Friday, for instance, we can offer a special prices for that. And what happens if, as the consumer, my eyes are bigger than my stomach? and I take something and then when it comes out, I see how big it is and I don't really want it. What do I do then? Yeah, well, as because it's an open system, you open the door, you take the products, you can check, you can check if you are allergic maybe to one of the ingredients, you can check everything from the product, the expiration date and everything. And if you're happy with that, then you close the door and you leave, it's grab and go. If you don't like it or you think, well, I think twice, I'm not gonna eat it. So you just leave it back and that's it and nothing will be charged to your account. Fantastic. Such a fascinating product. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Thanks to all of you. Thank you to our guests and hosts, Rohit, and of course, to you for listening. If you have any comments or thoughts, please tweet us at Huawei UK. And if there's any topics you'd like us to focus on next, do let us know. That's all for now. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, don't forget to subscribe to the Tech Podcast. See you next time.